And so for the longest time, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, and so like I talked about kind of in my intro, communication was really big for me, different types of media. I've really gotten into like filmmaking and video production. Um, and so I kind of, there was a crossroads there where I was like, you know, is this something I want to pursue? Because in my mind, there's also degrees that you go to and it's kind of like you put in the time for this degree and then you're guaranteed, you know, this high paying job. Like I think the medical field, things like that. Right. Yeah. Te- teaching. That's why I did that. <laughs> the high paying part, maybe <laughs> yeah. not so much. <laughs> not the high paying part, but the, <laughs> guaranteed. I, yeah. I knew exactly what I was going to do. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Men, this is a reclamation project. Manhood in the West is broken, in our homes, in our cultural institutions, in the church. Real men have gone missing. We're here, a Protestant and a Catholic, to confront that reality with the wisdom and truth of our respective faith traditions. Join us as we move from mediocrity to mastery, from apathy to action, from failure to freedom. Join us as we seek manhood restored. Mighty men of valor, welcome to the Manhood Restored podcast, where we war against all the powers and attacks on masculinity and manhood, whether they are from the devil, feminist, or college gender studies professors. Oof. <laughs> there probably are a couple few of those. Yeah. With, with all of my great spiritual military experience, I, Ben Neff, am here to captain this episode. <laughs> Joining us with his mop and bucket, ready to clean up any messes, is my co-host, Private First Class, Chad Stolle. <laughs> you know what I've done? I've done that to you on an episode before. That you one? remember? Yeah. I, I had you swabbing the decks. I thought so. I, this is like not a mili- uh, the, not a Navy ship, though, so that's... Okay. okay. So you're you're in the like... Uh, like ma- the latrines? Latrines, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, you're in there. So... But but today you said it right before I hit record. Today we have a true boots on the ground special op spy agent oh. guest, and that of college student Carter Hellworth. So welcome, Carter. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that I'm a spy agent and not the uh, <laughs> right. not the bathroom cleaner. Right. We sit you on you are sent on a special ops mission into. Yeah. The thick jungle. But if you ever had that uh, moniker before a spy, yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Right. I mean, <laughs> think about it a little bit. Like, yeah, you're definitely. I'm assuming not adhering to the, all the gender studies professor's values. And yeah, <laughs> that's not exactly my not not exactly my picture at college. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, good deal. Um, well, welcome. Uh, we usually do. We're gonna let you intro yourself. So um, just go ahead. Uh, I've known you for a long, long, long time, way before when you were way shorter than me, and now you're <laughs> way taller than me. Standing at six, you could give that six five? Six five. Yep, yep nice. that's right. You stand at six <laughs> five. I'm far, far behind that, but that's okay. So go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll get into the episode. Sure. So I'm Carter Howarth. Uh, I'm a freshman at Bowling Green State University. So this is my first semester, and I'm on break currently. Um, I'm going there to study a dual major of communication and film production. Um, and so that's been a culmination of, you know, two of my great interests throughout life. I did a lot of different public speaking events in high school. I still do some in college. And so that whole aspect of communication is really big and then different types of digital media, you know, video production. And so that's where kind of that film production aspect comes in. Um, and a little bit more background, I grew up on a family dairy farm, so that was very influential in kind of shaping, you know, my work ethic in my life. Um, and then I went to Parkway high school. And then of course, like I said, we're currently at Bowling Green. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, I was, I was uh, joking a little bit. This is, uh, I imagine we're going to have some things in common to, to talk about after a good semester in BG, there'd be certain restaurants, yeah. you know, certain yeah. streets, I uh, just, just, just as soon as we start in on some names, we it would uh, we'd have a lot in common all of a sudden. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> so before you start, half a half a year in, uh, favorite place to eat in Bowling Green? Ooh, that's a good question. Are we talking off campus? Oh, obviously, yeah. Because <laughs> there's not too much good on campus. <laughs> yeah. Well, um. So okay, there's probably more than I was in when I was in. School. Yeah, they've added a couple buildings recently. Yeah. But if we're talking off campus. 
I I can't say I ventured out too much, but okay. the classic is Campus Polly. Okay, yeah, that's some good food right there. So I went there once, um, and obviously the breadsticks there. I mean, yeah. everybody talks about the breadsticks for the good breadsticks reason. Breadsticks have so. a reputation of their own. Have you they ever do. had those before, Ben? Can't, so is what is it called? Poly Eyes Campus Poly so, Eyes. So here's where I hold a degree from Bowling Green State University. And you've never been? And I commuted up from Finley, sure. so I just didn't really ever get into a lot of that. So I can't really speak. But you would have come on campus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was on campus, Somebody yes. just did you a, a horrible disservice to right. not say, hey, by the way, when you're in town, you must have some yeah. breadsticks. They're stuffed breadsticks. Yeah, I think I was... In the two years I was there, I don't know how many times I ever ventured outside the education building. Really? That was, I mean, it was just like I'd park, I'd go in. I, I mean, it was that. Yeah. So Different I, time in your life, right? You're, yeah. You're not just yeah. I mean, I was about. married, I was teaching, and I was going up there. So that's, but I, there was ways I was financially smart. So I basically got my master's paid for for free, long story short, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. well, what, what, uh, what, um, dorm? I'm in Founders Dorm. Okay. So Founders yeah. was still around when I was in school. Yeah, yeah. So it's the Honors <laughs> Dorms now. And it's pretty, I mean, it's kind of on a weird spot on campus because it's kind of tucked in the corner a little bit. Yeah. But it's nice dorms. So I can't, definitely it's, can't complain. It's towards town, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so yeah. like if you're going to walk into town, then you Perfect. got the prime spot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was in, yeah. Okay. So I was in Mac West my freshman year. Oh, okay. Is, is McDonald's still around? It's currently, it is, it is. It's currently being like renovated for air conditioning. Yeah, and so it's shut down this year. But oh, okay. next year it'll be back in action. Yeah. yeah. And Offenhauer, those two towers, the, uh-huh. they were the big deal. They were the, uh, they were like brand new, maybe two years old. When we They're school. still pretty nice. I think there's one newer one, Centennial. And it's like, it's nice in there. It's kind of like a hotel. Yeah. Like it's, it's some good stuff. Yeah. And yeah. so after, after we did this episode, I, I sent it to my two buddies because we were the, the, the episode starts this, you know, whether we should send our kids to college, uh, Carter, you need to uh, help us a little bit. <laughs> like I said, Ben said boots on the ground um, mm-hmm. from that perspective. But my buddies uh, were immediately texting me and, and uh, my one buddy sent me an email. Um, it was like a BG promo, you know, like all the things going on at BG mm-hmm. and they must've been named, best school in Ohio for uh, kids experience or, or like student experience. And, uh, it, so he was rubbing it in. He was like, yeah, check it out. You know, cause I was questioning, right. Whether or not I should be shipping my kids off to any college for that matter. But, uh, and, and I could see in this video talking about film film, right. It was like, you could see the campus on a couple of these spots and some of the things that were going on. I'm like, where is that? I, I got nothing 20 years later that, you know, you walk around that campus, it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. So, but, but a lot of money in, invested in, in that place. And other, other than BG, other than the campus itself, it's just a little, a little rural community. Yeah. I don't know really how is. much you know about this, about the community. Yeah. It, it surprised me the first time I was there last year, I went to a scholarship weekend and I kind of expected, you know, I don't know, I guess I expected it to be bigger for a college town, but really yeah. when you leave campus, I, it's pretty comparable to, you know, a small city like Salina kind yeah. of, I mean, yeah. bigger, but it's comparable. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty small. Yeah, in in flat and yeah, in rural mm-hmm. in terms of like you see farms and I guess you got to get a little bit out of town and uh, but I, I do remember working with a couple of um, it's probably an interesting perspective but a couple of full timers who were working on campus when I had a job on campus and they were just they grew up in BG and everything and they were just like they had a certain perspective of the school <laughs> versus BG the town you know. And kids and, and the school year and everything else, you know, I, I, and I can only imagine, you know, if, if I'm just a guy who lives in Salina and there's a college town, right? Well, yeah. We have a college, but not, yeah, <laughs> Nothing not like quite. that. Yeah. No. So anyway, yeah, it's exciting to have you on. I really appreciate you coming to lend your perspective. Right. Yeah. And so afterwards, you and Carter can talk all know, about Billy. I know. Exactly. I can, we I can apolog- keep going, but. We apologize to all our listeners. Like, I have no idea what <laughs> well, buildings they're even I haven't known Carter since he was four, so I got to make some connection. <laughs> well, okay. There you go. <laughs> so, well, one one reason we we did this on the fly, we said, hey, Carter, can you come on? But we we know, and and you didn't, you didn't do what I, I told you, don't be shy. You've been very accomplished in lots of areas. Um, I know you graduated, gosh, what did you graduate though in your class? Uh, I think I was maybe fourth. Yeah, but you were class president mm. and I know you spoke there and then you spoke recently uh, at the National FFA 
convention. Yep. And you finished second place in in the nation in yeah. public speaking. That's crazy. Yeah. What does that even mean? Like how many people were we talking? So, basically, I had won the state competition last year and then and I just won the state, right? You see, like, you know, basically I just kind of this, you know, won the state, right? <laughs> Should we envision like a TED talk here or a Toastmasters? So there's different types. So, I actually throughout my high school career, I had competed like I'd won state three different times mm. in different events. And so there's some that's like everybody memorizes the same thing. That's when you're a freshman. It's kind of the easier version. Then there's a version where you write out your speech. It's like seven minutes. And then, you know, you go through, it's all pre-memorized. And then the one I did this past year was extemporaneous, which was really interesting. I didn't expect myself to do too well, but it's actually a lot of fun because you go in, you get your topic and then you have a half hour to, you know, do a little bit of research, compile your speech. And then you basically just step out and it's uh four to six minute speech. And so, yeah, I, I like didn't Toastmasters right there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to expect, but obviously it worked out pretty well. And I had a lot of fun with it. Honestly, it was, it was kind of nice not having that stress of anything, you know, prepared beforehand. You kind of just went in and yeah, flowed with it. So. Yeah. So uh, what was your topic that you got uh, for, for the second place? So at nationals, there were three different rounds. And so you go through, there's basically one person from every state. So about 50, I think some people didn't send, but anyway, almost 50. And then you go to the top 16 and then there's a final round of four. And in that round, all the questions are like, they're beefed up, you know, they have current events and stuff in them. So I can't remember exactly, but it was something like, so Mexico had introduced a plan to basically reduce GMO corn to nothing by 2024. They were going to get rid of it. And so then the question was, how do you pose to both the people and to like lawmakers, you know, how do you pose the benefits of GMOs and help them understand that concept? And I was glad to pick that one because for me, my goal was not to really do the business side as much. So I kind of went in on the public advocacy side and uh, that was a really great topic for me. I love talking about, you know, just like public awareness and GMOs and that type of stuff. And so, yeah, that was my final speech yeah. and then got me second. Oh, well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm envisioning like spelling bee, right? And <laughs> he, won, he won that too. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> back, back at the Mercer County spelling bee. Oh, yeah. nice. My yeah. junior high days. I just picture a kid, you know, having studied all the words and then like the final day or the final word comes at the very end of it all. And the one word, you know, in the, in the movie that they study comes up. That's, yeah, that's the it topic. Could, it could yeah. be like that. Cause you walk in and there's a bunch of cards, you know, they're flipped upside down. So you can't see anything and you got to pick three of them. And like, if I got three of them that were on world trade with Russia and I knew nothing about it, yeah. like yeah. that was my luck, you know? So yeah. I, I got lucky in that sense. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's a good point. Yep. For sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, where are we at now? All right. So, um, yeah, so we're ready to fly here. Um, and I was going to do an intro about like Falcons and stuff. That's what I was going to do, but I couldn't quite wordsmith anything. It didn't sound stupid. So I came up with something else that was sounded stupid, but you know, in the end, um, uh, tell us a little bit, maybe how you, you talked about, how did you discern that Bowling Green State University was the right place for you. I mean, that you decided that college was going to um, be the place for you. I mean, I'm sure a few people along the way said, you know, oh, what are you going to do? I, I've jokingly said to Chad, I've said to you, you know, put put our skills together and double them. And then the ceiling for you, there we might be where it is. I mean, you know, we've had some skills and we and so forth, but we know people have said to you, oh, Carter, you can do so much, blah, blah, blah. What are you going to do? And that question, what are you going to do with your life happened probably way more than you ever wanted. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So the question of, you know, not only which college, but the actual question of, am I going to go to college had always pretty much been in my mind. Uh, but personally, I'm a humongous advocate. You know, there's the culture where, now, you know, everyone thinks I have to go to college and get this degree if I want to find success or want to be successful, which I personally think is definitely not true. You know, there's different routes for everybody. And especially it's almost gone, you know, past the point of needing a degree to this point where you can learn so much online that, mm -hmm. you know, connections based, you can do so much with your life. But we might get more into that later. But anyway, the point is college isn't going to be for everybody. Um, back in the day, I thought I was going to be a high school teacher. That was my, original <laughs> so I was going to go for an education degree. Um, and somewhere in high school, that plan basically switched off. I didn't want to do that anymore. And so for the longest time, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, and so like I talked about kind of in my intro, communication was really big for me, different types of media. I've really gotten into like filmmaking and video production. Um, and so 
I kind of, there was a crossroads there where I was like, you know, is this something I want to pursue? Because in my mind, there's also degrees that you go to and it's kind of like you put in the time for this degree and then you're guaranteed, you know, this high paying job. Like I think the medical field, things like that. Right. Yeah. Te- teaching. That's why I did that. <laughs> the high paying part. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Not so much. <laughs> not the high paying part, but the, <laughs> guaranteed. I, yeah. I knew exactly what I was going to do. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was kind of where I'd set my sights was doing something, you know, more PR based. Um, and that's still, I still have time in college. You know, people think you gotta have everything figured out. I still have time in college to kind of decide what route I want to take because in the world of media today, there's so many different positions you can go into. But, um, you know, I kind of had this question of something guaranteed or maybe take a little bit of risk with it, with the whole video production side, you know, you're not really sure who you're going to meet, what kind of jobs you're going to get. And I decided for me, because it was just such an interest to me and, you know, you got to find the things that really drive you. Mm -hmm. And I was very passionate about that, of being able to do storytelling in that sense. And so I decided it was kind of worth that risk to maybe not have that guaranteed job out of college, but that's still the path I wanted to go down. So, like I said, you know, you got to think a lot of different things about your future. And like I said, about what you're passionate about. But for me, you know, college was the route for a couple different reasons. So I talked about how you can learn a lot online. So people talk about like the college of YouTube, yeah. which is a very serious thing. I mean, honestly, in terms of things like filmmaking, I'm obviously only a semester in, but I've learned a lot of what I know based on just YouTube videos. And there's mm-hmm. so many good educators. Obviously you have to sift through, there's a lot of stuff, but the point is you can learn a lot of different stuff, you know, on your own, if you have the drive to do so. And so the questions come in about, you know, what kind of initiative do you have? Do you need, you know, a college to be helping you with that? And then the other question is what kind of connections you can make. So that was a really, really, that's still a humongous part of my college journey. I almost, I mean, it's not exactly why I went to college. I want the degree, I want the education, but it's a humongous part of it because in a lot of industries and especially something like communications based, it's very important, you know, who you can meet, who you can build connections with, you know, if you can have that larger network, you're going to have better chances of success. So definitely not only college as, you know, getting that degree for that job, but also connecting with other people, not only, you know, there's kind of a cold aspect to that where it seems like, Oh, I want to meet people to do better, you know, and that's not always going to have to be the case. It can be good just to meet people. So you have more people backing you, more people to share your experiences with. And so uh, I guess to sum up, that was a lot of different stuff, but when it comes to college, you got to know what you want to do afterwards and what you're passionate about. And then the other question is, you know, are you going to get that stable job? But then also, are you going to be able to make connections that will benefit you later? And can you talk a little bit about, because I, I like that word passion. Maybe you can spend a little more time on that. But um, the time where you didn't really know, you said you probably wanted to be a teacher because you had such a great teacher in Ben Neff. That's probably yeah, you were, yeah. when you were still <laughs> looking up Don't, don't comment on that, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what drove him away, actually. <laughs> but no, um, uh, like you're... Your, uh, Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> took me a moment to realize this. He's talking about it's, me. It's weird <laughs> to have all, like ex-students come around later. It really is. I had something that happened recently, too, on LinkedIn. It was just the strangest thing. And I could hardly remember... Uh, the student, you know, cause it's been so long, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's all good then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, and talk about your like parents. So things, conversations you might've had with them, because from our point of view and most of our listeners are going to, um, going to ask, be asking the question, all right, like what sort of things should I be recommending, um, to my kid, whatever age they are. And be curious to know, like core, a passion may be a core of what you're saying there, but like, I'm sure your approach was influenced in a great degree by your parents and what their recommendations were too. Yeah, it was definitely to an extent. And I think that, you know, my parents overall have definitely taken kind of a perspective where, um, I mean, obviously all parents are going to have that sense of you have to go and do, you know, what you want to do. And so I think for them, especially because that whole media video production aspect isn't, you know, something they're familiar with as much. Mm. It was kind of like, you know, you have to make sure that you have that strong understanding of it. And so from the parent's perspective, they're not always going to have, you know, the total answer for the kid. And that's kind of the point, right? They have to make their own decision. Um, And so I think it's important to know that not only, obviously, you know, some of what's best for your kid, but also your kid, I mean, this is obviously their decision. And so they have to be able to look at all the facts and analyze them, you know, by themselves. And so for me, one huge thing is that my parents, I kind of had that talk about, you know, do I take it a little bit more of a safe route or maybe do I take a little bit of a risk hoping to, you know, go after what I'm really passionate about. And so my parents were really big on the aspect of, you know, kind of that whole dream big scenario where it's, 
if that's something you want to do, you might as well shoot for it, mm. you know? And that's something I've realized throughout high school too, is like, you don't want to, you know, go down a certain route and then look back 10 years later and say, you know, oh man, I wish I could have done this. Sure. At the very least, I've done a lot of different things, especially my senior year, different little side projects I tried that ended up failing. I, like by no degree were they successful, but I'm still very glad that I did it. Sometimes it was, you know, weeks, hours and hours I put into different things and it yielded no results, but I'm still glad I did them because it's given me a better understanding about the types of projects I was doing, you know, how success and failure, you know, how that affects you, how it can change you. And so you kind of have to be able to take those risks, risks, sorry, and just do things. And so, you know, the question of college, maybe that's not an easy risk to take because, you know, money investment, time investment. So I guess I'm not saying just, you know, go with whatever feels right first impulse. But what I am saying is you have to be willing. This is a time in your life where you're going to make a humongous change, no matter what you choose to do. This is, you know, the crossroads people call it. And so you have to be willing to take that risk if you think it's necessary for you. And then beyond that is if you're going to do so, you owe it to yourself to look at every single, you know, every single option, like I talked about before, what are the benefits, you know, connection wise, education wise, and then what are the drawbacks? Tuition, obviously that's a big one, you know, time that you could spend doing something else. And so you really have to be able to map that out. And that's where I think the parents can come in handy mm. is because they may not know exactly what you want to do, or maybe, you know, your child has kind of a hard time wording that, which is okay. You know, that's just kind of how it is. But what the parent can do is completely ensure that their kid is looking at everything because it can be easy when you're a senior, you're going through everything. It can be easy to look past things. So it's important that the parent will help them, you know, analyze every part of the situation. Yeah. We, it's funny, Ben, Karen and I were talking before I left the house today, uh, you know, about how our, our oldest hasn't shown interest, a passion, a passion for something uh, at all at this point, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you float some ideas and then he's like, eh, you know, there's just n- nothing really s- sparks. Um, and so we're like, well, I guess he gets to that point. We got to be okay with just saying, well, then you don't have to rush into like a first undecided. I know you mentioned that in our episode. Yeah. You don't have yeah to my sh- wife was like, did you, did you tell that mention that I was undecided too? Oh, yeah. Really? yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. Like, no, I didn't, but okay. If you want me to, there you go. Yeah. My wife, you know, it's just like, let's go be undecided. Yeah. And, and my wife has a tendency in our, and our relationship has a tendency to, to go towards the concern of the financial side. You mentioned that, All right? Like, so you're just going to go spend a whole year, not sure what you're going to do and drop however much money. Um, I'm more along the side of like, okay, well, what kind of, what kind of stuff are you going to get into for a whole year when you're right. floating around that, that, you know, so it's maybe the right. moral side of it. Yeah. Well, can you comment about, you mentioned in high school, you were doing certain things and they failed. Was that on your own or was that through school or what was that? Yeah. That, what I was talking about was basically different. Uh, they like, they'd be called side hustles, you know, and so different type of money-making opportunities. Mm. Um, I've found throughout like my later years in high school, a lot of opportunities to make money through like digital means. You know, I think, not everyone realizes that digital services can be very profitable. Um, and so for me personally, I never really found great success until this summer I started doing video freelancing. So like I talked about with video production. So I do basically different like social media ads for people, that type of thing. Um, but before that, I had tried different what you would call side hustles. And so just little ventures to see if I can, you know, build up this website, build this, build that. And so a lot of time was put into those, not successful, but I learned a lot about, you know, different things that will help me in the future, maybe social media marketing or just doing web design itself, all these different types of things that are going to benefit me in the future. And so that's where I talked about kind of that, you know, it was a failure, but that doesn't mean nothing was gained from it. Mm. You know, a side note, the, the technology I use, the one program I actually use the most to do our editing is Audacity for for recording podcasts while I was first introduced in, in it, in my master's program at Bowling Green oh, State so University. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. So it is kind of funny. You mentioned that. I was like, yeah, putting, you're just putting tools in your belt wherever you go. Hopefully. Um, the thing is you go wherever you go, like you go with you, your character goes with you, your values go with you. And I think that's important to realize too. Yeah. Like we're raising people that have that character and that values and that work ethic to be willing to try and initiate. And I think it is frustrating a little bit to be like, all right, what do you, you know, we say to our yeah. kids, come on, do something, right? right. But, yeah. And not, not every kid's probably going to know that right out of the gates <clears throat> that, that they found that passion and they're willing, like you say, to take a risk on it. So, so I guess 
what my what, what my wife and I were saying was like, well, maybe they can just just they don't have to jump into that first year. Maybe you just take some time off and keep keep looking around, keep discerning, you know, what is uh, something you're going to be passionate about. But I agree with you. I think what I got out of what you just said is, hey, if you do have something that you're passionate about, and you 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 know, and you've mapped it out, that's the kind of word you used. Uh, maybe college is inevitable. It's not as if you could accomplish that without needing the connections, like you mentioned. Uh, so it sounds like some of the technical stuff that you've already kind of worked through for, through trial and error. Um, okay. So that's a good perspective. Like, so if there's something you're passionate about, or for that matter, if you know, there's a field, exactly. you, you got to right. get through the passion. Field. Yeah. Like it doesn't necessarily mean, so for me, for example, I mentioned that I don't know exactly what job position I want to take, yeah. but I have that general sphere. And so if I, I found something where really no matter what end of it I'm pulled to, I'll be happy. So if I get a job out of college that's in video production, working on a TV show, that'd be like a dream come true. Mm. If I get a job being a spokesperson and doing presentations for a company, that'd be a dream come true. And so that also benefits me. I've built up a way where I can have a double major um, yep. by taking in CCP, et cetera. So I can, you know, get a double major throughout college. And so that's kind of set me up for that. But, you know, undecided doesn't always mean you don't have an idea. And so if you have that idea of the program and I have my majors picked out, you know, I might not know exactly what job I want to get, but I'm going to have time to build up connections and kind of see what can come to me. And so there's a difference there. And you did mention CCP. So the college credit plus, right? So those are, you took courses in high school for those unfamiliar to help get you college credits ahead of time. And so did you have like a half a semester, let's just say of, college credits you went in with or something like that? Or? Yeah, it was, I can't remember exactly uh, the number, but basically it was, it was definitely a hefty amount. Cause there's always the question of, you know, what's going to transfer, what's not. So college credit plus classes should count as college classes when you move, you know, to college with your transcript, but not all colleges will accept them in the right way. And so I can't offer too much advice on that. I think it goes on a college to college basis. I know BG, all of my credits transferred, Great. which is, you know, very good. And so for me, for example, at the end of, wait, okay. So at the end of this year, I'll be a sophomore next year, but standing wise, I'll be a junior. Mm -hmm. And so that's like kind of a whole, you know, year technically you have, it's kind of, you know, it's weird how credits pan out, but basically you can bring in a lot of credits. And so that, helps allow me to follow this dual major, which is something I want. Or if that's not something you want and you're going after one major, you can very, very easily graduate early. Mm -hmm. I mean, not only is that an option, it's completely doable. A lot of people do it. And so uh, college credit college credit plus is very, very beneficial for anyone going to college. From the pocketbook standpoint, I'm yes. sure your, your wife is going, <laughs> oh man, let's make sure we get everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's amazing to think about that you're able to step into that. And instead of repeating, as we know, the lower level college stuff is just repeating the stuff that you're doing in high school. And so if you can show proficiency of that, then why not? Mm -hmm. And can you real quick speak to, I'm sure you vetted other uh, universities. Why BG? Why did, why did you come? What, did it have to do with your major? Yeah. So, well, a lot of what I tell people is that BG, when it comes to communication and just kind of outreach, I saw a lot of difference with BG. And so it eventually came down to Bowling Green versus Ohio State University. Um, and so a huge factor I will say is that I had gone to a scholarship weekend through the honors college at BG and I had, you know, I had been informed that I'd received a big scholarship there. And so mm. that obviously was very, very influential. That kind of sealed the deal for me. But even before that, you know, when I got home from that scholarship weekend, I had been receiving letters, emails, everything that you normally do from a college, but there was more personal stuff from Bowling Green. You know, they were kind of in that phase where they were trying to bring you in extra hard. Um, and so I had the scholarship weekend and in the scholarship weekend, it wasn't like you just went in and had your interview. That was kind of the second morning, but they had you there the day before. And you basically got tours of classrooms. You went into the dorms, you met all kinds of people. And it wasn't just, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so and my college is great. It was, you got to go through and have like good conversations with people. And they all had your best interests at heart. You know, no matter what college you went to, they would kind of give you an explanation of, you know, what path you could possibly go down. And so I had this great experience at Bowling Green and I went home after that scholarship weekend and got my first, you know, more personalized letter from OSU. That was kind of their first, you know, attempt at reaching out to me. And it kind of just made me realize, you know, I'm not sure if that's part of their strategy is to kind of to be later, get people a little later on. But I just really appreciated the fact that Bowling Green was so, you know, 
communicative with me. They, you know, wanted to reach out to me the whole time and they had already made those big strides early on in the process, which as a senior in high school was, I appreciated that a lot because, you know, you kind of want to get that decision under your belt. You want to have that decided. And so I, yeah, that was definitely very influential was the outreach that they had with upcoming students. And I think that's reflective of what you're going to see in college. You know, People talk about different sized colleges. BG would be kind of a middle, maybe smaller, but people would usually say like a middle sized college. And so what kind of communication you're going to be able to have with people is really important. And so if you go on a visit, you go on this or that, and you get the kind of vibe that people are going to talk to you, you know, you're going to have answers to your questions. Whereas if you're not feeling that, then that could kind of be a immediate shutoff because no matter what you go in, no matter how much, like we said, you're going to want to plan things out. You're going to have a lot of questions. And so you're going to need a place as mentors to guide you. And so like you asked originally for me, BG was the place where I thought I would have those mentors. Good. Yeah. So now you're on campus, you made that decision, you're on campus. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how the first semester has gone, you know, um, what, what, what have you been doing? I mean, classwork and then also the extracurricular life a little bit, what you would like to tell us. <laughs> yeah. So I, I keep super busy at college and no, um, I'm not shocked by that at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so classes, I will say, you know, it's definitely a different, different type of workflow when you go to college. And so that's something I kind of expected, you know, high school classes generally were a little bit of a breeze, you know, you kind of just go through them. Um, and college I'm in my first semester, so nothing groundbreakingly hard, but it is definitely kind of a workflow change there. You have to be more able to, you're not going to get, you know, class time to do all your work like I had in high school. So (laughs) you gotta, you gotta be able to map out your time, you know, stay focused, you know, have that initiative to do your work. Um, but you know, classes are just part of it. And outside of classes, like I said, I keep pretty busy. And so, um, multiple different extracurricular groups. I'm in kind of a school of media group. I'm on the board for that. Um, I do a public speaking, you know, speech and debate team for Bowling Green. And so that's, you know, different, you kind of practice stuff and then you go out and compete with other schools. Um, and then there's H2O church on campus. Mm -hmm. And so I do multiple different, you know, study groups a week and then obviously different, whatever church activities they might have different retreats and such. Um, and then I'm in a couple different film groups that do basically there's kind of like once a week you watch a movie film studies type of stuff. And then also some film competitions where those have been like probably the most fun part of the semester is just going out and creating stuff with, you know, the people that you've met over the course of the semester. So yeah, keeping super busy. I think just about every single night in a given week, I'll have some kind of meeting, which, you know, depending (laughs) what part of the semester is can get a little draining because the way that works is, you know, classes technically go up to like nine o'clock most days, at least I think. And so pretty much every event that I have is like a nine o'clock you know, meeting PM. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so remember you know, those days, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Doing stuff every day, you know, it can get a little draining, but I definitely wouldn't trade it because not only do I love each of those groups and I have a great time with them. There's also the aspect of, you know, keeping yourself busy because for me, I've noticed, you know, the more I can give myself this, like, okay, like an appointment almost, you know, this is the time that you're going to go do something the better because otherwise I kind of just think like, okay, you've done enough today you know, maybe like, let's just sit back, which of course you need some of that, but I think it's nice to have those engagements and keep yourself busy. I definitely recommend that to any student is, you know, find things that'll keep you busy because I mean, you're going to get more out of your college experience and you're not going to be just sitting around. So Man, <laughs> it's I, good. I tell you what kept me busy that, that first semester of college, <laughs> <laughs> Bud or Miller. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't even going to say that, but oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for assuming Ben. I was studying hard that entire now I know enough about your background, Chad, to know that there's some <laughs> falsehoods that might be being shared right now. I was going to say video games, 007. Oh, okay, okay, uh, yeah. 007. James Bond, 007. Okay, James. There was a guy in our dorm down the way that had, you know, it was it was groundbreaking at the time. It was a word to use there. For us, it was groundbreaking. He had this, like, Nintendo 64. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we had four yeah. controllers, and it was like any second we got, it was like, hey, is, does Lodi got his door open? Because that means we're playing 007. Right. <laughs> so that was... Uh, about the top of my extracurricular yeah, list. That's funny. Now I, I would fall more with Carter. I just put a blistering schedule together. Did I you? Mean, yeah. I so mean, how do you guys know this? Like when, when you, 
How do you know? I First of all, I got no letters. No, nobody from BG was like, hey, Chad, we'd love you to be a part of our group. It was like, I got the acceptance letter. <laughs> that was the extent well, of it. So, so preparation <laughs> in high school probably leads to that a little bit, no, right, but Chad? I'm, I'm, saying when you, I'm saying when you enroll, right, and, and, you, and you're going into it and you're like, yeah, here's a bunch of things I could do. Other yeah. than like eat, sleep, go to class, and play video well, games, like what? Where? Who tells you all these yeah, things? Well, the obvious ones are like related to probably your major because those are going to be kind of the forefront. Um, maybe if we could slide at least the faith element there because you mentioned H two O Church, which is basically a church on BG campus or near BG campus that's ministering to college students. So it's a really amazing church in the sense that a lot of the people that go there cycle in a four-year cycle, you know, they're Mm -hmm. there and they're gone and they're there and they're gone. And I know some others that minister, I think through Wright State campus, um, H2O church. So how did, how did you get plugged into some of those maybe, or that or other things? Yeah. So in terms of just like groups in general, uh, like, you know, if you're going to talk to your kid about, you know, you want them to be able to be involved, um, definitely going in with the mindset that you want to be in groups is obviously super important. I mean, if you're going to seek something out, you're probably going to find it. And so that's obviously important. And then the other thing is just being, you know, there's like campus fest is an event at BG. And so, you know, every group will set out a table and have flyers to talk about things. And so going to those events, you know, you're going to find the things you like and a hundred other things that you're not interested in, but then you can, you know, sign up for things, start going to meetings, et cetera. Um, and then to talk about the church itself. So I knew going to BG that I wanted to obviously be a part of a church, you know, that was important to me. And so, like I talked about, you know, if you seek something out, you're probably going to find it. So, you know, I was actively kind of looking there and I wouldn't say H2O was hard to find. They have a really big influence at BG. I would wager that they're the biggest, you know, church organization. I think that's definitely an easy wager to make. They are, you know, pretty big size on campus. And so they have, you know, the church that's off campus, it's in town. And then they have the services every Sunday on campus, which bring in a lot of students. And so I'm not sure exactly, someone had talked to me about it beforehand. They'd mentioned it in the summer. And so I knew of H2O and also good for me, you know, having a strong community is important. And I came to college with some friends from high school that also it was a priority for them to go to college go to church. Mm. And so we found, you know, in that first week, even before classes started, they had that first service on that first Sunday. And so we just kind of started right off the bat. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, there wasn't anything too crazy about it. We just knew that that service was going on. And so, like I said, you know, if you seek something out, there's going to be options there. There's always a lot of different options, different people doing things on a college campus. And so, you know, if that's a priority for you, you're definitely going to find something. Mm. And you had, you, you alluded to it, but you had people that have gone before, that could point you in the right direction and people, friends, amazingly <laughs> five or six or seven. It's quite a few from our small, small little parkway school that are going to BG this year. So you had like a group that kind of traveled together that you were part of the FCA group in high school. Mm-hmm. And then you travel up to college and you're all kind of there hey, we, supporting we did each that other. Too. There was a whole Mercer County contingent, but uh, I don't remember any of them going to church. <laughs> Well, that's because that's they're horrible influences. Were they I all had. Catholic, Maybe. Chad? Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> okay, I, just, I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, make your assumptions, Protestant. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, and Carter, we we ought to give a shout. He's got one foot in both worlds, yeah. too. Yeah. So he, I know. But yeah. I mean, our listeners don't know. You H2O to, doesn't sound like a Catholic church doesn't to Doesn't sound so. like I, Immaculate there was, Conception. There was, the New, there was the Newman Center. Uh, um, I believe I at least at the time that I was, maybe, maybe it wasn't Newman center. It was, uh, see, this is how much I got plugged in right, <laughs> right across the way from, uh, Mac West. Okay. Uh, I'm, uh, I know that there is a Catholic church on that street, yeah. but yeah, I'm not sure the name. Is there a, is there, a, have you ever heard of uh, focus? Is there something like that on campus? Maybe. By chance? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm not there sure. was crew. I know at the time is that I, I have a couple friends who do crew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically I think the whole premise of this episode is how do we be like Carter, not Chad when we go to BG? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm hearing. Okay. Am I, is that correct? It's probably not too far off. Okay. I mean, but, cause we said this in our episode, like, okay, if college is, I don't know if inevitable is the word, but it's, it's like, Hey, that's the path you're heading down. Uh, you even said it, Ben, you're like super intentional, yeah. your eyes wide open, like go in, like you're saying right. Carter seek the path you want, not like float, right. float in and just kind of see right. what happens. Well, and he was, you know, one thing with Carter, he was, he was at church quite a bit and coming to Sunday school and he definitely heard it out of my mouth. You know, I mean, it was not like, mm-hmm. you know, so you have these people with that intentionality of like, Hey, and 
and you're going into the the whatever you want to call it, the fire, so to speak. I mean, of that campus, and maybe we haven't directly sp- spoke to that. And have you experienced the wokeness? Kind of. I mean, it's got it's there. Like, is that? Do you feel like it's front and center when you go to the debate? Are you having to debate things that are? contrary to your beliefs and values, you know, like the GMO corn one you mentioned earlier. Well, what if you just, you don't hold that value. So we'll go into the wokeness and the gender studies and the alluded to earlier. What about kind of that aspect of it, which we haven't really touched on, which is our greatest concern probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's huge for sure. I would say, so first off is kind of like what you're surrounded with is what you, you know, that's kind of your understanding of the world. And so I would say for me, I might not really be the best perspective because since I've been at church from that very first week and I hang out with a lot of people that are in church, you know, I would say a large majority of my friends, I don't know about all of them, but the point is, you know, there's kind of a bubble formed there. And so you kind of start to think in your head like, oh yeah, BG has a lot of, you know, Christian students on campus, but then I'm only speaking to a very small fraction of the whole student body. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of talking about that bubble is like, you know, I might not have the best perspective because like I said, you know, it, where you focus your attention, that's kind of what you see. And so that's what I've seen on campus. Um, that being said, in terms of what I know from other college campuses, I don't think BG has, you know, the biggest, I don't know what, if you just say like, you know, political disputes going on or different types of, you know, protests, et cetera, that have been going on at different campuses. Um, you know, I think there's definitely things that do happen. There's obviously arguments, you know, different speakers will come in. Maybe I know there was an anti-abortion speaker that came on campus, you know, perhaps they were pro-abortion. I'm not entirely sure, but, uh, you know, those ruffle feathers, obviously it's an important situation. Um, and then I know there's a lot of different things that are more like, I don't know if you'd call them like a silent protest type of thing where, you know, they write messages in chalk Mm. or someone will set up flags for a certain cause and then other students will come in and take them down. And so I wouldn't say it's, you know, the in your face type of things, but, you know, I mean, there's definitely the presence there and different political, you know, battles going on for sure. But I wouldn't say that it's taken over, you know, my life or like I've seen it, you know, every time I walk down the sidewalks, I see something like that. Definitely present, but it's not, you know, all encompassing. Right. So you're able to have free thinking, the idea of college campuses squelching any free expression of belief and thought, or especially Christian belief and thought, you you haven't experienced really where you feel like so far that they're yeah. trying to squelch that. Sadly, I will say, I mean, I think it depends. People always say it depends what professor you get. And I still think that's probably true. Um, and I'm part of the honors college. And so in your first semester, you have to take an intro to critical thinking. And in my class or my portion of that, the teacher was very much, you know, she wanted to encourage debate between students or just, you know, have that critical thinking to be able to back your own ideas, which is obviously, you know, extremely important. Um, But I've heard of other teachers in that section that were very, you know, uh, forceful in a sense, you know, very persuasive of this is kind of the ideas I want you to have if you want to, you know, get that good grade. Mm. And so I didn't experience that. I have friends who did. And so I can't say, you know, I think that definitely is a danger. There are professors that will use that power in that sense. Um, And I would say campus wise, though, and just my own experience, I definitely have not felt that pressure. Mm. I'm curious to know, like when you described a couple of these groups that you're in film, right? I I have a tendency to think film and I, I immediately go Hollywood, right? And if there's any, if there's any segment of our society that's woke, uh, it, it'd be that, and I don't know that you'd find many that are more woke than that. So maybe speak to that. Like you're, you're, t- so you're entering a college campus. So if you're not talking about the, you know, the, uh, the den of lions or wolves there, um, and it's cool that you've insulated yourself from that and, and standing on your own two feet is kind of the word we use. Like we want to prepare our, our, our young folks, our young adults to be able to take in somebody who has a different perspective uh, or maybe he's doing a protest and just be cool with that, right? Like, like be able to handle it. Uh, but maybe the more subtle thing that you could encounter, I'd suggest would be you're in this school and you're on this path and you're enter- entering an industry that, um, has some presuppositions, right? Uh, so any, any encounter there, whether it's in those groups or in a, in a classroom setting where you can kind of hear or feel some of that? Yeah, you definitely see, I mean, it's kind of an obvious thing to say, but you see huge differences from group to group, you know, 
not always exactly stereotypical, but a lot of times it is kind of what you expect. Um, and so, you know, hanging out with my church friends versus going to, you know, a film group meeting, there's definitely a difference there. And so the first aspect there is, I don't know if, you know, if it was sheer luck or what, but that first week I found a group of people in the film department, you know, and a couple of them were Christian and we've actually been bringing a couple of the other ones to church and kind of introducing them. And so, like I said, you know, I found a really great community there, but that's not to say that that's how you have to do things because the other aspect of that is, you know, obviously, you know, if you're going to be a Christian, you can't just sit in with your Christian friends all the time and only spend time with them. You know, Mm -hmm. it's important not only for outreach to those people, you know, you can build a community with people who aren't Christian and, you know, perhaps that'll change their lifestyle as well. And so I think either way, it's very important to be open to that. And, you know, so in no way do I think, or am I going to advocate, you know, only find and only hang out with the people that go to your church on campus. Like I said, it's important for how you see the world. And so I think you should find that community. I think community is hugely important. But then like for me, for example, that's not going to shut me down from going to a film meeting. Now, if I were pushed to do something that's out of my beliefs, out of my values, that's a completely different story. But just interacting with, you know, other people, you're going to have that no matter where you are. And at college, you're a hundred percent going to have that. And so going to those groups, I think you should just be, you know, like you had mentioned standing on your own two feet, you know, if you have firmness in your values, and then I think it's, you know, it's definitely plausible and it's a good thing to go out and experience other ideas. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing I think as a, as a father that it's not so much that I don't want my kids to encounter that. I, I can't, I can't even, you know, I can't force that anyway. I'm not naive to that sense, but I'm also not naive to the subtle ways. And so you got Carter, you got, you know, another three, four years ahead of you on this thing. And you got, you're going to have a bunch of professors. You're going to have a meet a bunch of people. And over the course of time, that's, that's maybe part of it. And I, part of my experience that I shared on the podcast is that there's, there's a subtle, um, undercurrent almost, uh, of things that have a tendency to, you know, chip away at some of what you thought you held firmly. Yeah, there definitely is. And I think that's why there's really like a balance there. And so one thing my parents always said is like, you know, that's that sending off point for your kid. And so they always said like, you know, this is the moment where we just have to know that we've, you know, instilled these values in you. We've done all this work to this point. But then after that, you know, by the time I leave high school, I'm an adult and I'm going to be making my own decisions. And so there's kind of that balancing point of, we just had mentioned, you know, going out and seeing those other ideas and you had mentioned, you know, maybe there's more subtle things. And so I think there's the balance between what you already know and hold strong to. And so those are the things I had mentioned. My parents, you know, they instilled in me, they said, we're going to make sure you're very strong in this before you leave. And then the other side of that is, you know, being willing to see what other people have to say. You know, you don't only, I mean, obviously you only live out those values, you know, if that's what you backed yourself up in and you believe strongly in them but you also see what other people have to say, you know, understand other perspectives. And so I think that's where that balance lies is having those strong values will protect you from that subtle influence. I think if you see those things that are kind of small tuggings from people that are asking you to forget your values, that's where that strong foundation comes in. Mm -hmm. But then the other aspect is like we just mentioned is going out and hearing what people have to say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And you, if we didn't say it earlier, you actually spent first six, seven years of your education at private Catholic school here in Salina, you know, and I, and I don't think discounting that because that faith element, you know, was front and center. I I see the difference that has made, I think in your life and others, because I, I've been reading or audiobook, Jonathan, John Taylor Gatto's Dumbing us down. Nice, yeah, yeah. I've been book. I've been listening to that on audiobook, and the whole idea of the system is to dumb us down a little bit. I think I, when you start in kindergarten and you just learn those habits and stuff, I think the the step into college is so so easy then to to be you know shoved away where faith was more central at a young age for you, and so that was there, and your parents really emphasized the importance of that. It's worth saying. I think it's a head and a heart thing. Yes. Right. Yes. So when you say, you say, you know, um, elementary school and a Catholic church, yeah. that's like a daily living out that, yes. that it's more of a heart. There's not, there's not an intellectual challenge there. It's more just like, Hey, this is part of who I am. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and probably the same way when you go on that church and you mentioned community so many times, Carter, it's like there, you're not necessarily contending with ideas there. You're just being reinforced in 
this is who I want to be. This is who I sort of surround myself with. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about the subtleties of a professor, for instance, I had nothing. I had nothing intellectual that had been sharpened in me before I became a freshman. And and guys up there would start, you know, spouting off in an American culture studies class or a, some literature class. And they were introducing these ideas and it would blow me up because I hadn't ever even attempted to contend intellectually in apologetics, for instance. Mm-hmm. So so yeah. I guess when you, when you say you, you, there's two aspects you were talking about, Carter, where you're like, the subtlety comes through in a message and, and, and I'm, I'm standing on my own two feet. In my mind, that means I'm going to recognize a faulty argument when it comes my way and I can just bat that away. I'm not, I'm not opposed to being encountering new ideas, but it's like, Hey, if, if this guy's thought process is like just off base, I've already done that. And then at the same time, what's grounding you and anchoring you maybe is that community is that heart, you know, that, that, maybe is is unchanging because those are the two things in my mind you ship a kid off if either one of those have been addressed Mm -hmm. and you're just like well good luck i I hope this goes well for you and you've not shaped the heart and and sharpened the mind uh i think it's a recipe for disaster so i don't know i mean like if that if you can relate to that and, and how maybe those things have been built up in you yeah and i would definitely agree with what you're saying i think you know ben you talked about you know, having that influence from a young age and how that, you know, changes your perspective. And so obviously that was my experience. I can't speak really to other experiences, but those influences we've mentioned it time and time again, those definitely exist. And not only do they exist, they're very prevalent. And so I think if you don't have that base, like we talked about, and you're in that floating stage, which we talked about before with, you know, what you maybe want to do, but also if you're kind of in that floating moral stage, it's, you know, not only possible, it's probable really that you're just going to get pulled into the majority, which would be non-Christian. I would, Mm -hmm. you know, that's definitely the majority. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's very probable if you don't have that base. And you had mentioned, you know, you said batting away. And I think that's a good way to explain it is if someone has a solid constructed argument of what they believe in, you know, not only you can listen to that and maybe that'll give you ways to know, you know, how can I argue about this? How can I learn more about my own faith and know why I believe in it? Um, but then if you have that solid strength, when you get something that's not a solid argument and it's kind of just, you know, maybe it's peer pressure or something along those lines, then you kind of know, okay, this is not what I stand for. This isn't what I want. You know, this is out of the question. And so, and having that strong base is when you can take things out and say, this is out of the question. When you give it the chance to kind of listen to it and say, Oh, I don't know. You know, you can't be wishy-washy in those things. At least kind of from my experience, what I think about it is that's being wishy-washy about it is really dangerous. Mm. And so it kind of goes to that degree of what you want to listen to. If it's something simple and you know, it's wrong, be firm in that. And then if it's a strong argument, you know, at least think about it and kind of take into consideration what's being said. Yeah. Good. For yeah, no. And I know we're, we're um, getting long on time a little bit here, but, but I want to, I want to ask you this Carter, cause this, this is more thinking future. So Ben's dealt with your, your background and how you came to this point, And we've, we've asked you a little bit about your current experience. Now I want you to just challenge you a little bit. Think, think ahead. Okay. So you obviously have Matt, you you use this word mapped out. You kind of know the direction you're headed. You're very intentional. You're, um, you're seeking out good things and, and creating um, a pathway that sounds really awesome. Um, so in your mind, this is a concern I have as a parent right now. Uh, in your mind, where does this path lead you? I know um, just a little bit about your family. And obviously, I, I guess there's maybe it's just generalization, but farming families, um, I, I think of a, a home that inculcates like, the family values, right? Like family is important. Um, film and I associate again, Hollywood or, but it's not, it's not fair. I know there's a whole bunch of media and that kind of thing. Where, where does this, where do you see this taking you and where I guess does your family and everything that you've held important up to, up to this point, where, where does, where, where do those two meet? in your future? Like, like where, where, where does the family aspect, your mom and dad, your siblings, you have five siblings, um, and your career fit together? Yeah, that's a good question. You mentioned before kind of Hollywood, the idea you have of it, and you're definitely right with what you said. That's not the place where you'd say, you know, this is going to be a Christian's going to have a really easy time here. You know, this is right <laughs> with their values. No, that's not exactly the case. Um, but I think, like I talked about before, you kind of have that focus going into things. And so the first thing I'll mention is you can 
generally, not always, but there are ways to find those bubbles we talked about. So one thing I think about, you know, being in that film world is I believe it's angel studios maybe. And so they do a lot of different Christian pictures, Mm -hmm. different Christian productions. And so there's an example of kind of finding that bubble that you can fit into with like-minded people, but then, you know, maybe those opportunities don't always arise. And so the other aspect of that is, you know, different jobs, different places are going to be more challenging for your Christianity than others. And so it kind of goes back to that idea of being shipped off to college and being exposed to these new ideas, you know, going to your new job and being exposed to those new ideas. It's kind of similar in that sense. And so if you go in with all the things we've talked about over this whole episode and having those, you know, strong, that strong basis there, it's probably going to be much more challenging than college experience was, but that's not to say it's not something you can go through. And, um, you know, overall, like I said, it's a tough situation depending where I want to work at. Like I said, you know, that's up in the air, but, uh, I've seen different, you know, speeches from people in the entertainment industry, you know, and maybe they're not necessarily the most successful people, the most rich and famous, but they talk about, you know, this experience was offered up to me and it was something that didn't go with my values. And so I turned it down. And so you don't see that a lot, you know, that's probably not the general case for people that work in the industry. They'll do whatever, Mm. but that does happen. And people do find an amount of success there that, you know, they have a good career there and they can still stick to their values. And so you don't see it as much because, you know, it's just absolutely flooded with, like you said, that non-Christian Hollywood, Mm -hmm. but it does exist. And people do find success in the industry by sticking to their own values. And so, you know, I think it's definitely possible, but it'll be a challenge. Yeah. And I I don't want to discount. I think, I think, um, that, that Hollywood media, whatever, whatever segment you want to call that we need to leaven and salt that, mm-hmm. that as Christians, most, most certainly, I mean, I, I don't, I, so, so we need folks going at same, yeah. same thing we talked about with schools, right? Yeah. And some, yeah. in some way you, you go in like a saboteur, right? Like you're, you, I'm, I'm going to go in and, and I'm going to be good at what I do. And people aren't going to be able to, uh, you know, deny the fact that I'm bringing something to the table here, but I'm not going to compromise my values. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to be yeah uh, the light in that. Well, and I have friends that actually, uh, considered themselves missionaries to Hollywood. I mean, that was their idea. Similar to what we talked about. They've actually yeah. created films and different things with the intention of being that light, you know, cause yeah. it doesn't change right. When the darkness keeps influencing the darkness, you need the light and the salt to step up there. So, um, as we kind of wind down here, uh, we always end with a challenge or we have our guests, you know, you got little prep on this, but, you know, thinking about either in my mind, the junior or senior heading to college or the parents and or the parents heading to college and kind of that. You're talking to actually Ben and I. Yeah. So talk to <laughs> us if you want, you know, year get, olds right now. you know, like, what, what, no what's a doing. challenge for <laughs> those looking ahead to the college scene with trepidation, like Chad and I, and the, you know, <laughs> the, the, Tempestuous waters. What's that word? Temp- temp- Tempet- temp- temp- Tempestuous. Tempest. The Tempest. Tempest I waters. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to get big words in here. Sound intelligent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we talked this whole episode and I think we've kind of covered two different subjects is we talked about the Christian, the moral aspect, and then just the general, you know, what do you want out of life career wise, education wise. And so we had mentioned early on is that idea of sitting down and I talked about how, you know, your kids have their own ideas of their life and you may never exactly understand what they want, but they do, you know, obviously it's their choice, what they want to do. And so the best you can do is make sure they know everything they're going to face, make sure they know all the facts, whether that be the, you know, logistic side of money or whether that be the moral side of you're going to be meeting a lot of people that don't agree with you in any way. And so I think, you know, if you're talking about a tangible challenge, something that you could achieve there is, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be a sit down, let's get to business, let's have this meeting, but having those conversations is extremely important. Not only one thing I've also noticed is that when you talk about something, even if you're not really sure what you want, I had this with a situation recently um, and I talked to somebody about, you know, a business opportunity I'd kind of had come up, but I wasn't sure about it. And I didn't know what to think, but in talking about it to somebody else, it made the answer clear to me of what Mm. I wanted. Mm. And so maybe if you have that conversation, you know, you mentioned some people don't really know where they want to go. Maybe if you keep, you know, stoking those conversations, making sure that those happen, it'll give them a better idea and you can still have your influence there and, you know, still put in your parental influence of what life you'd like to see them have. And so, you know, I am a communication major, right? It's all about talking. So I would say challenge wise, something you could do is talk about that and make sure they understand, you know, what, what could possibly happen. Yeah. I, I picture the wheat and the chaff or uh chaff, chaff, whatever word, you know, or uh, the gold and refining the, you know, 
this, the junk out of it. So in that conversation of sort of stirring that up, the stuff that doesn't need to be there kind of makes more obvious and what should be there kind of is what I hear you saying a little bit there. Yeah, no, I think, I think, uh, all the things you're saying resonate. Obviously you're, you are standing on your own two feet. It's encouraging, honestly, because as a dad, sometimes you're, you're just like, I don't know how, how this is going to go. Uh, and you know, you still have some time yet. Right. And so, so you, you mentioned the word challenge, but there's going to be challenges along the way. Um, but it is encouraging to hear you, uh, articulate so well, um, what you're about as a, as a, you know, freshman in college. And thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that yeah. with our listeners. Yeah, for sure. And I know we, you, uh, how old are you right now? 19. Yeah. So I don't know if you're younger or older than, than Isaac Randall when oh. he was on there, but we've been blessed to have a yeah. couple of great interviews of when we interviewed Isaac Randall at 19 and you too, as well as showing that there's, there's hope for the future, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were talking about bubbles, right? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. we get in bubbles where we're so jaded about stuff. So right. Right. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, very good. Looks yeah, like we got thanks. our marching orders, Ben. Let's roll. Thanks for tuning in to the Manhood Restored podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and share. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at Manhood Restored Podcast. To check out past episodes and show notes, go to manhoodrestored.tv. You can send us feedback and episode ideas to mightymen at manhoodrestored.tv. That's mightymen at manhoodrestored.tv. Be blessed and be brave. Until next time, mighty men of valor. <laughs>